0: Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Borin, From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strangeology podcast. I hope everyone out there is enjoying the spring weather. We were in New England, but apparently decided to skip spring, summer, And fall and we've jumped right back into winter for a minute since it's actually snowing as I record this. (laughs) I've got so many projects outside to do this summer that I'm sort of looking forward to some I'm dreading a little bit like rebuilding two fences and taking down a collapsing stone retaining wall and I don't know what I'm doing with that <laughs> fun stuff, <laughs> but uh, the summer is uh, shaping up to have some cool things going on for the podcast. Otherwise, uh, so definitely stay tuned for more updates on that front. Anyway, I uh, I just did a big giveaway on Instagram after I hit 5,000 followers over there as a thank you to everyone who supports and follows Strangeology. So. Just be sure to give me a follow over there if you haven't yet. If you're new to Strangeology, if this is your first episode, I do periodic giveaways. And you never know when I'll be throwing a contest. And I try to make it fun uh, (laughs) and not too hard to follow uh, along with uh, what the rules are and that kind of thing. So usually there's t-shirts involved. Sometimes it's uh, stickers or... Enamel pins, that kind of thing, so this last one there were five uh, winners, and uh it went really well and had a lot of fun and uh, You can always watch the the recap on Instagram. I usually go live for like five to ten minutes and and then we uh <laughs> see who the winner or winners were during that drawing and As far as uh what else i 've been up to i 've been super busy. <laughs> making uh, video content over on uh, TikTok and I've also been using it for uh, the YouTube channel as well. I don't know (laughs) why or how, but uh, the Strangeology TikTok now has over 160,000 people following it and there's massive engagement that's impossible to (laughs) keep up with from comments and suggestions and everything. So I'm just kind of riding that tide and we're seeing where we're going with it. And uh, also awesome news recently passed a thousand subscribers on my YouTube channel. So that's great. Definitely a big milestone there. So thank you everyone out there who has followed me on those platforms and who has decided to come over and check out what I'm doing here on the podcast where I do longer form content and discussions about the strange and unexplained Fortean world, cryptids, UFOs, the paranormal That kind of stuff, interviewing people in the community. Just thank you so much. And as far as other video content, I'm working on scripting out a few new uh, top five state cryptid videos, as well as some other video content as well. I have plans once the roads kind of firm up and, and the weather stabilizes a little bit more to run back out and do some filming for my short little northfield pigman of vermont uh video that i started working on back in the fall and then i realized that i needed to reshoot some stuff so be on the lookout for that in the coming months as far as other updates since my last episode i've listed like five or so new home state cryptid designs over on my etsy shop uh they're available on t-shirts, uh, hoodies, tanks, sweatshirts, long sleeves. I think I have the the stickers listed uh, but I'm not sure I got <laughs> I have to double check my my list and make sure I have everything on there. but uh, the designs are for Utah, Idaho, Connecticut, Kansas, and North Carolina and it was funny because when I've been posting updates for... My artwork over on TikTok, there's just hundreds, thousands of people just commenting like, whoa, uh, why haven't you done this state yet? And what's going on here and all that? So it's lit a fire under me to kind of finish up the map. (laughs) Uh, And at this point, I only have six states that I haven't done designs for. Uh, Alaska, Hawaii, uh, North and South Dakota, uh, Rhode Island, (laughs) and uh, Delaware. And people have been requesting once I'm done with this map uh, to have a print available on my shop. So that will be uh, coming probably pretty soon. And I do plan on circling back to a few other states that have multiple cryptids like California or Kentucky and Texas as well (laughs) because there's so many out there. And I do remember people asking back at CryptidCon if I had any Goatman designs, and I don't yet, but I I will be designing something for that as well. And I just wanted to say a quick reminder before we get into the episode uh, about the Strangeology Hotline. If you have any weird stories of uh, cryptids, UFO, or ghost encounters that you'd like to share, you can call my hotline at 802. four, four, eight, zero, six, one, two. Again, that's eight Oh two, four, four, eight, zero, six, one, two. There's a two to three minute time limit on the voicemail. So if your story takes a little bit longer to share, you can just call back and pick up where you left off after you maxed out the, uh, the previous <laughs> voicemail space on the message. Uh, I've been compiling a few pretty interesting stories, uh, and it would be awesome to get a few more to make a whole episode about it. When I first started the show, I had a listener's stories episode where people wrote in and emailed me. And I had a couple of really awesome stories. And, and it would be cool to do that again and get some, some different, uh, different stuff to, to add to that. So if you have a story, give me a call. And that's about it for updates. I was uh, also, I guess just one more thing. I was thinking about the the weird news updates I used to do early on for the show, but some weeks there wasn't much going on. So I kind of just, you know, let that go on the back burner. But if anyone wants me to bring that back, let me know. It could be fun to incorporate cryptid news, paranormal news, UFO news again uh, at some point. So yeah, let me know. And uh, all right, on to today's episode. This is a a fun one. I recently got to have an awesome conversation with the one and only Max Lim of Maximus Prime Art. Max is an amazing artist and lover of the cryptid world and pretty much all things weird. (laughs) So it goes and he's a real solid dude and just is a quick heads up uh not everybody has the the best technology or the best connections when we do these interviews over uh, zoom chat so the audio is uh it's not the best it's it's a little a little uh, rough but i did the best i could to clean it up uh from from max's end so just uh, just a quick heads up as well so without much further ado let's just jump into the interview All right, welcome back to the show everyone. Tonight's guest is Max Lim. Max and I connected on Instagram quite a while ago. I think it was like sometime in late 2020, early 2021. I can't I can't remember <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we wound up being able to meet in person at CryptidCon in Kentucky last year, which was a blast. Um so, you know, it was awesome to meet in person along with so many other people. Um and so I'll just do like a brief intro here uh, about who Max is and, and what, what's up. So Max is based in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where he works as a transaction attorney who specializes in healthcare and real estate law. But beyond practicing law, he's also a father, a husband, a small business owner, and the artist behind Maximus Prime Art. And Max has a passion for lore as well as art, and he designs and sells some amazing cryptid-themed merch, and it all kind of started when he and his wife found out they were expecting their first child during the start of COVID, and he set his sights on creating this kind of kid-friendly Bigfoot-themed nursery uh, for his kid, and, you know, remembering a love for cryptids uh, he had uh, (laughs) as, as himself as a kid, so... Kind of, you know, passing the torch down there. And, uh, you know, this seemed to inspire a return to Max's love for art and the weird world of cryptozoology with a lot of fun and interesting projects that we'll be talking about shortly. And uh, in addition to that, he's working towards creating the Disney of the weird along with a cryptid themed amusement park. So thanks for coming on to the show tonight, Max. Uh, So glad to have you on finally. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on here tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you've got this like prolific set of projects you're working on. Uh, but before we talk about those, can you, can you tell my audience uh, how you got into art? Is it something that's always been with you or did it develop later in life?
1: Yeah, so it definitely started when I was younger. I loved to sketch and doodle since I was a kid. And throughout high school, I did art shows. I did sculpting. I tried every medium out there. But at a certain point, I grew up in a traditional Asian American household. And we were given two choices. It was law or medicine. So I chose law. and. It went really well. It did great. Um, it got me to where I am now. But once COVID hit, uh, I needed some kind of passion. I needed to refill stuff. So while I was sketching throughout my life, I was like, you know what? Let's get back into COVID or cryptid arts and stuff and draw some big Bigfoot, draw some cute things. And so that's where it flourished. And then it went crazy from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. You kind of just like popped onto the scene one day on Instagram. And I was like, oh, this this guy's art is incredible. I love it. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I love discovering, you know, people, kindred spirits who are into like the same kind of stuff. And, uh, there, there's so many, so many people that make amazing art and you're one of them. <laughs> um, so do you have any artists or art styles that particularly influence you? Um, like your work, <laughs> it looks like it belongs in a cartoon and i mean that in a very positive way
1: <laughs> no i appreciate that um yeah so it's all cartoon based and i guess where i really found my style was when my son was born i was doing the the midnight feedings 1 a.m 3 a.m all those feedings so we would stay up late i'd try to find something that wouldn't disturb him so i put on disney so then we got into the good old new remake of ducktales gravity falls and then I grew up with a lot of anime, so all of that kind of really influences my art style.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I'm familiar with like the the midnight one a.m. <laughs> routine <laughs> with my own kid. Um, that's funny. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah, growing up in like the 80s and 90s was definitely, you know, a lot, lot of awesome classic. It's weird calling them classic at this point, right? <laughs> but right. classic cartoons, you know, you have all the. Like the DuckTales, like you mentioned, and transformers and g i Joe
1: <laughs> it's just awesome to see them being remade now, and like I'm like thinking, "Oh, how awesome is this and then just seeing the art style transform from the eighties to now it's just amazing i like I like where we're going, so I just capture a little bit and pieces from there and try to blend it all together,
0: yeah, that's awesome <laughs> um <laughs> now, um, what's it been like um you know, since you've picked up the pencil again and you're, you're a pretty busy guy. Uh, What's it been like balancing the whole Maximus prime art with work and life?
1: It's chaotic to be honest. Um, Right now I focus on being a father. That's like my number one priority. So we'll set aside time. It's, full parenting up to about seven eight o'clock where my son goes to sleep and then from eight o'clock till about midnight one a.m is like the full-time rush for Maximus Primar. like I'll get time and I set up my schedule so it's kind of structured where I'll do my designing and my drawings and then uh, making a new cryptid state and then setting aside certain days to do packaging and everything so uh, I really try to do as much structure as possible, or I was like, kind of lose my mind through all it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a smart thing to do. It's like um, for me, for me personally, doing this whole thing, and I also have like my merch shop as well, which my, my listeners know all about. But it's like you know, you got a few hours during like the regular day, and then there's other stuff to do, <laughs> uh, and then it's like from nine thirty, ten o'clock at night till. <laughs> Two in the morning, sometimes three. It's like focusing on this stuff.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, so, I actually just enlisted my wife to help package up uh, merchandise because made uh, another video that went really well. We got a lot of sales, so she's getting in there, packaging stickers, getting all that. Uh, I love it that she's helping out so much.
0: Oh, that's that's great to hear. Yeah, nice to have some some help on deck for that. Yeah, I, might, I might have to do that <laughs> myself at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. So you mentioned. Um, your states project let's talk about your different projects um you know i know we have a similar thing going on with like the the mapping the cryptid states and wildly different styles uh, you have these <laughs> full color uh you know cartoon like illustrations that you like pour your heart and soul into and mm-hmm. I, i've got just like a silhouette <laughs> i <laughs> but feel they're like. <laughs> oh thanks thanks um so you know you have that but you have other projects as well could you talk about those. Um you have a book um and a few other like really interesting pieces that you you've been working on lately.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um so it all started with a kid's book. It started off with Squashy's Adventures from A to Z because We had a son coming and I thought, how cool would that be to make a kid's book? So I set out, I drew and illustrated everything on a computer with a mouse and clicker. So that was painstaking. (laughs) Then we got through that um, self-published that one. That's been a great hit for encrypted parents that I wanted to create art that was um, for more parents than i mean shoot i'm a parent and we're going to get more cryptic kids out there so why not introduce them as early as possible make the monsters less scary so we did abc books and then we got into a whole bunch of wall decor um to decorate the baby nursery because who doesn't love a squashy on their walls um that's actually how our son's nursery is all set up there's like different big squats or big flips all over the place blankets um curtains everything you name it uh And then we got into stickers, we got into like the cute stuff, and now we're working on the Cryptid States project where we're going by each state finding out the the top cryptid, the popular cryptid, even some of the unknown ones, and making their own hometown cryptid, their own legend, featuring what their um, home cryptid is. So everyone knows a little bit of their lore from where they're from. And I've noticed a lot of people uh, travel. They go from state to state, so they love collecting the different cryptids that they had from wherever they live. So that's been fun and then um we've tried an nft series that was kind of fun for a little bit i need to revisit that one to get back into that and then um i think our next big one is going to be a cryptic comic series um we're going to go and start off with uh, a couple main characters that are going to stumble into the cryptid world and try to save it so we'll see where
0: that leads us (laughs) oh that's awesome that that sounds like that'll be really fun um yeah i'm excited yeah holy moly dude that's
1: <laughs> that's
0: that's a lot of ambition uh much respect to you and and all that you do um as as far as self publishing go uh just circling back to that um how did you guys go about um self publishing did you use a service like uh amazon and like put stuff up on Kindle or did you just uh find a vendor that could print books that you sourced and and had a made or how, how did that Absolutely. process go?
1: Um, I talked with Danner from Conjuring Dust and he helped me point me to Amazon and I went through their process and Amazon got me set up and we just printed from there. So they, you just order X amount of books, you get it all formatted to however they like and they'll ship you the books. So you can sell whatever you like um, from your store, sell them off of Amazon. So it's just all over the place, which is really cool.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah I, um, I recently, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've recently been looking into, uh, doing some book stuff myself, but with everything else going on, it's hard to kind of <laughs> hard to kind of keep track of, uh, of everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, for sure. <laughs> um, and you mentioned, uh, NFTs. Um, so, and that kind of just, um, for, for my audience, if you don't know, uh, what nfts are can you uh can you explain what what those are briefly in like two sentences <laughs> maybe yeah five. Uh, yeah
1: let's let's uh, let's try to do it. it's a digital collection of you can do anything basically it's mostly been used for artwork and it's your own personal one so it can be authenticated by multiple people to know that you actually own it rather than someone just screenshotting something
0: like that right right yeah so basically it's like the NFT, you, uh, it's like collecting fine art, and it's, <laughs> it's the receipt that you get that says, this is yours. You know, Anyone can, can screenshot a JPEG or save something under the computer, but yeah, it's, it means you're the, you're the owner, and there's a certain value attached to it. And yeah, there was definitely a lot of hype building up last year, and I, I got into an NFT project myself, my 8-bit little cryptids that I, that I was doing like Nintendo-style <laughs> things. And like I I I have walked away from it for a little bit. I actually, I I wound up, you know, people were putting in offers on a few of them, which is really cool. Uh, but I, I just haven't had time uh to <laughs> to circle back and make more, but um yeah, and also quick 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 disclaimer if if anyone's listening, we're not giving any kind of financial advice or anything like that. It's just uh, you know. <laughs> Got to cover our butts here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, but uh, it's something I definitely want to get back into. And when I saw you were doing yours, you had like this massive like thing going on with like ones that were going to drop that seemed to be kind of like you didn't know exactly what it was and it was going to like there's there's people that put like eggs up and they hatch after a certain (laughs) amount of time, which, yeah, there's so much you can do. It's weird. (laughs) It's cool.
1: It's just, it's super tacky. And if you don't know how to like program everything in it's a lot to learn. So it yeah. just one more learning point I didn't get to.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I, um, I was watching like a TikTok <laughs> a while ago and there was this guy that was like, Oh, you need to make sure you have like some kind of like code written. And I was like, Oh, I didn't do that. Well, I'm going to have to <laughs> come back to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's wild stuff. All right. So, um, I noticed that you use Kickstarter to fund a lot of your projects. How's your experience uh, been using Kickstarter? Because you keep a l- like a lot of stock of all of your stickers and your shirts and stuff um, at yeah. your, your office.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Kickstarter, it was a really good process. Uh, I think they keep it really organized. You can bring in people on there if you have a popular Kickstarter. They actually push out your project to other people so that we got a lot of sales. We did our. Um, we did like little cute embroidered t-shirts and hoodies and stuff um, to sell through that. So we did a lot of pre-orders to them and they took a lot of, um, they just got it out everywhere, which was awesome. And so that way I was able to build up my mailing list, um, connected with people who really liked the project and then collected the funds and set the expectation. That was probably the hardest part, but, um, we ran a little bit over on some of it, but it went really well overall. I loved it. And I'm excited to try up Kickstarter again for an enamel pin series. Um, yeah. so that's going to be the next one.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And I love your embroidered, like mini cryptids, uh, <laughs> designs. I, I still have, of course the, the Mothman one I got back at, at cryptid I was wearing it earlier today and I got to tell you, that's like the warmest hoodie I own. And like, I like. I got too hot, so I had to take it off.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you loved it. Yeah, we wanted um, something subtle, so you could just wear it every day. You can go out; no one would really notice it unless you looked really close. To it. And you're like, "Oh, that's really cool. That's a little moth, man."
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, so you're clearly your stuff is heavy on cryptids, which is awesome, and it's it's wild how much love there is for cryptids out there. Like when I started Strangeology. You know, I, I started it to just kind of talk about cryptids, UFOs, whatever, but I didn't realize there was this whole culture surrounding it. And it's it's kind of funny. Um, was there a particular moment in your life that you remember first learning about or getting into cryptids?
1: Not a particular moment, but I remember when I was younger, I must have seen something about Bigfoot. And so I really love I can't even remember what we had back in the early, um, in the late 80s, early 90s, but we had Bigfoot stuff. And then I remember distinctive, actually, my sister going and studying abroad and she would bring, she brought home something from Loch Ness. So um, I got to learn about the whole lore behind Nessie and everything. So I thought that was super fascinating. And then from that point, I just dove headfirst into all the cryptid um, rabbit hole.
0: Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I feel like my first um, cryptid exposure. I mean, it had to have been Bigfoot on like some TV show on like sci-fi or or Discovery channel. But I do remember like watching um, America's Funniest People, which was like the like the alternate show to America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget, R.I.P. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so like Dave Coulier had the Jackalope character on, (laughs) which (laughs) is, you know, one of one of the more famous uh, cryptids. and yeah, like Loch Ness, Nessie, that was like a big one for me too growing up. I mm-hmm. did like a, a book report <laughs> on Nessie <laughs> when I was in like the sixth grade and like presented this whole theory that like, oh, Loch, uh, the Loch Ness monster <laughs> could be a like surviving plesiosaur uh, species <laughs> that, <laughs> that um, survived millions of years somehow. So
1: yeah, that's I fun. love that. Yeah, we had a, yeah. In college, we had a speech class, and we had to do presentations, and it was all a persuasive speech. And so mine was all about our cryptids real and how they are real.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a good nice. time.
1: I got an A in that class, so it worked out.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. Um. So, what would you say is your the favorite design that you've done so far? Uh, that's a big question. <laughs> You've done
1: that's a, lot. a top one. I would say, I want to say my favorite design is either West Virginia for Mothman, but I think the, it would probably be the Wisconsin Hodag state one I just did um, a couple months ago, we did that as actually a TikTok live. So we had a few people from Wisconsin that were coming in. They were dropping out. Um, what the scenery looked like, what Rylander looked like. And just, they were just describing it and talking about all their interactions. So that was a blast to do and connecting with everybody. And we had someone that was a, a forester, I think he actually worked out there and collected samples and stuff. So he could tell me exactly like, trees, colors and everything. I was like, and it just made it look so much better. I feel like,
0: Oh, that's like really, really cool. Max. I definitely. didn't realize that's like the process you went through to create your hodak design. It's definitely like one of, uh, one of my top, I don't know, probably top three or five of your designs. And definitely. The West Virginia one's awesome too. Uh, with, with, uh, Mothman and the Flatwoods monster kind of doing doing a Kamehameha at each other. <laughs> <laughs> My little Pokémon anime tribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Um so being a, a native of uh Missouri, what would you say your favorite Missouri cryptid is?
1: Ooh, you know, we I've actually just started getting into a lot of the Missouri ones because I thought we didn't really have anything besides the Momo. But there's one, the Tuscoma penguins. It's a strange legend, and it <laughs> happened one time. But uh, some farmer was on the field, and it's just a strange uh, UFO came down, and small penguin-shaped aliens came out of the spaceship and stuff. And right. they were, I can't remember if they collected samples or something from the area, but he just recalls seeing like three or four penguin-shaped creatures coming out and coming onto his farm. So yeah. That's probably one of my favorite ones.
0: Yeah, that's a really bizarre case. Um, I remember hearing about that and and doing like a little a little uh, blog about that a while ago. And I was just like, this is such a goofy case, <laughs> like <laughs> like penguin like, space aliens. Yeah, oh, yeah. What was he it
1: doing on this farm by himself?
0: Yeah, and I think the the UFO is like shaped like a mushroom too, or something like that. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> what it was. <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, totally weird. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely it's funny, man. Like, um, so you know, I've been doing this this whole series of like short, like one minute videos about cryptids over on TikTok, and so many people look at the videos and they're like, oh, do this state, do that state, do this state. Oh, I bet my state doesn't have anything. And like so many people don't realize that literally every state in the in the United States and pretty much every country in the world has at least like five cryptids. Oh yeah. Just you know local legends, urban legends, uh stuff like that. And obviously we have like our higher concentrated areas like West Virginia or Kentucky. Oh. Like that whole Appalachian, Appalachian awesome. area has so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you have like a favorite cryptid in general though, beyond uh, the, the space penguins?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely say, besides like all the top ones, for like a lesser known favorite, it's the Fresno Nightcrawlers. I just love the video footage behind the, the signings that they've had around the little nightcrawlers are just so cool. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. There's just like spooky walking pants and they just kind of drift. And then they just walk so weird. So I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a funny story. it's, I remember when I first saw like the videos of, of that, it might've been on Factor or faked or it might've been on something else, but in Factor or fake, they tried to debunk <laughs> it and apparently they couldn't, really figure it out but the 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 footage of the one that actually happened in Fresno was so degraded because like the story was that the the guy whose house he brought it to like took his his uh security camera tape to like this tv station I think to mm-hmm. talk to a reporter right and then the reporter I guess they couldn't I don't know if they couldn't or if it's just like a weird thing in the story that like he took a video camera and recorded the screen <laughs> that the uh, <laughs> that the, the original tape was playing on. So that's why it looks so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a little bit sus, but, uh, you know, they couldn't replicate it. Although some other people have recently tried to do some like fancy green screen work. But like, yeah, you can achieve it with that. But like that technology wasn't really easily accessible to the public back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then the, there's the 90s like there wasn't a lot back then. No, no, yeah. And then the, like the Yosemite footage is interesting, but most people seem to think that's just CGI from no. you know, like 2010, 2011 or something like I can see that, but there's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of information out there about them, but there yeah. there are some like other like sightings. If you if you look around on the internet, there are people who uh, who have uh, reported seeing Nightcrawler-like entities, like out in the wilderness, like in in uh, British Columbia in Canada, Ooh. or there's like the Carmel Area creature in Ohio that was seen that looked kind of similar, or at least like one of those like freaky creatures from S- Silent Hill <laughs> <laughs> that are just oh, legs and a body. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, they're definitely fun, and it, they're super fun to draw because it's just like cute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A giant head and then just two little legs going everywhere.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what would you say is your? Do you have like a favorite cryptid themed, uh, movie or like a TV series that you uh <sighs> gravitate towards?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, definitely when I grew up, it was like Lost tapes and Finding Bigfoot. Those are like two like monumental parts of my like, my whole growing up into cryptids but um definitely expedition bigfoot right now It i feel like just the way they've presented it it just looks awesome they're bringing such amazing technology and even just it seems so realistic like ronnie running after bigfoot into the woods and like this is his one moment to actually see it and no matter how dangerous it is he's just going straight for it i'm like that's a man of passion. I would totally do something like that for like that glimpse to actually see it real.
0: Yeah. Was that in the first season? I've only seen the first season. I know they're like on season three now. <laughs> I so yeah.
1: I would say on. it was like early in season one, but yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> it being pretty interesting. Uh, I was recently, uh, binge watching all the, the old seasons of finding Bigfoot and stuff. And <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember at, at cryptid con, like I stopped by, the table. I saw like uh moneymaker and then I passed by him and then Cliff was, was hanging out uh, just by himself. And I like went up to say hi to him and I was like, Oh yeah, I've been watching the show. And he was like, yeah, I never actually watched the show. I don't, I don't go back and watch those episodes. So I'm like, <laughs> right on, dude. right on. It makes sense. I mean, I don't go back and watch my podcasts unless I'm editing them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here, here, here's a, Here's a question. Um, What do you think Mothman is?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Mothman, I feel like it's almost just like a cryptid out there. It's just a winged cryptid, which is weird because it blends in with a lot of native folklore. And I think it's there to bring messages of maybe it knows like what's going on. I know they brought in the whole harbinger and doom stuff, but I think that there's more to cryptids out there. Like they can send something off coming out there. Like if it's whether they're from another dimension or whatever theories that you have, but I think it has a a greater sense of what's going on in the world. And it's some kind of flying creature out there. I don't know if it's more moth like or more owl like I, I like the owl style. That's one of my favorites personally
0: yeah yeah same, same. yeah, there's a a lot of lore and and legends about lying cryptids who uh, like are kind of like these, yeah, harbingers of doom. And I remember, gosh, it was probably like 2020. I can't remember the exact name of it, but somebody in one of the discord groups that I'm in posted uh some kind of like little uh snippet that was from like a book and it was this legend of a uh what i can't remember the name of it right now it's escaping me it was like some kind of like man bat dragon type thing and it came from china i believe and it was like this old legend and like there's also like the legend of the garuda from india so it's like mm-hmm. this whole thing that's like worldwide it's really interesting and i got to wonder if there's some kind of like connection between all of it it's like some kind of presence that's that's been there for
1: eons (laughs) it freaks me out when you like line up all the different cryptids or folklore across all the different cultures there's a lot of synchronicities amongst all the different ones which kind of that's what really scares me
0: yeah yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) moving away from scary stuff um Let's talk about this uh, this cryptid-inspired theme park that you have uh, dreams of creating someday. Let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Definitely. Uh, it's one of my, I guess, bigger pipe dreams. I figured my first dream was to make the kids' book, and we made that a reality, so I wanted something much bigger and doing a whole almost Disneyland-like theme park with cryptids and everything. And so... We've been just kind of plotting out just really rough sketches on different things, but I thought it'd be fun to have like Bigfoot rides with roller coasters going through trees, and then you could spot Bigfoots running through it next to it, and all those different things, and have live um, almost like cryptids dressed up, like running throughout the park, and people could chase after them and find them, and then finally take a picture with Bigfoot or something like that. Oh, so that'd, be fun. that'd be a fun little park for families because there's so many people into cryptids. I had no idea, like. Growing up, I thought I was just almost like the weird kid that loved like reading about Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and all that. But there's just like a whole community out there. So, yeah, definitely something bigger I want to do.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's funny, like thinking back to CryptidCon, there were so many families that came there that had younger children, teenagers, all that stuff, which is, I mean, that would be an amazing, (laughs) an amazing thing to accomplish for sure. Have you? Are you familiar with uh, Gator Gatorland in Florida?
1: Yes, I've seen I've seen little parts of it, but
0: yeah, yeah. So like back in like 2020, I think when they like reopened, when things kind of like evened out for a little bit, they they brought in uh, a character there called the Social Distancing Skunk Ape. So he would like (laughs) go around the park and make sure people weren't like clustering together. <laughs> um oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I think uh do you know uh Yami from uh Cryptid Chat uh with Yami? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> so she she's she's a Florida native and I think she she went there one day uh with with her family and I think they got some pictures of <laughs> the, the the social distancing <laughs> skunk ape. <laughs> That's how I found out about it and it's it's a pretty hilarious thing for sure. I would I would love oh, to I like visit that. I would love to visit your park someday, Max. That would be Oh awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you think it would be in Saint Louis or would you try to find like a a different location for it?
1: I I wouldn't do honestly I would love to do West Virginia just because it's mm. the whole like epicenter of weird things out there for creepy creatures. But I I do have a good fondness of St. Louis. We have six flags and I think we could bring out more cryptid stuff out here. Plus we're right in the middle of the U S so
0: everyone could fly here. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. St. <laughs> Louis is kind of like the gateway to the West too. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah, thought it'd yeah. be cool
1: to do that. And, um, we'd put like Airbnb, like a cryptid theme, uh, resort on there where you could stay in like a Bigfoot nest style, um, little cottage, a little Mothman perch, um, a Baba Yaga hut, something like that. Just oh, all these dude. different, like,
0: carated things. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh man. Um, if you were going to do it in West Virginia though, where in West Virginia do you think you'd want to try and make something like that?
1: See, I'm not honest. Honestly, I'm not too familiar. I know Crypto Bash is coming up, so maybe over there we could do something to set it up there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm honestly, not too familiar. <laughs>
0: ah, right on. Yeah. Morgantown's, uh, Town's a good-sized town. It's uh, I think it's mostly like uh, a college town, but uh, yeah, a lot of West Virginia is pr- pretty rural, like Sutton uh, and Flatwoods and, and those places are pretty rural. You'd have to probably stick to there, or like the capital yeah. area. Point Pleasant is a very small town with like one street going through <laughs> it. I mean, that would obviously be like the ideal thing, but... <laughs> it seems like i up even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have I have heard, uh, and that that some sometimes I don't know. I have heard through the grapevine that uh, you know, mothman fest hasn't happened for a couple of years and I think some of the some of the locals may may have been like okay with that because the town is very small oh, and it like <laughs> quintuples in, in population when Mothman Fest happens. So I'm sure yeah. there's there's locals that are like, Oh man, I can't drive my car anywhere, which I get. I gr- yeah. The town I grew up in had has like an annual harvest festival every year and I I grew up like right around the corner from it and like the weekend that it happened like you couldn't get anywhere in town. And it was a small town like like 3,000 people that like turned into like 20,000 people over the course of a Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> so, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh let's talk about uh TikTok for a second. You recently saw some pretty rapid growth uh how's that been for your business
1: that's it's been amazing for the business i feel like we had just a handful of sales before tiktok and then we got onto it and started making videos it didn't go as well as i thought at the beginning and after we just stuck with the algorithms trying to deep dive into what tiktok really was um we had a few go viral so that just skyrocketed us up to like thirty thousand. and now we see um Anywhere from like twenty to forty sales a week now, so it's been really good for the That's business. Awesome. I love
0: it. Heck yeah, dude! That's so awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. TikTok's a, a strange animal, you know. Like, it I, definitely is. I joined it and I like hit like, I don't know, four or five thousand followers, and then I stopped like putting energy into it. And then I decided to come back earlier this year and like shot up to like fifteen. And then over the past like month or so. I had one video go viral there that has like millions of views on it now, which is crazy. And now I'm like pushing a hundred thousand followers. It's stupid, <laughs> but amazing. Awesome? And I love, yeah, I know. And and for anyone listening, thank you for checking out the show and, and finding me on TikTok and coming over here. I love you all, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's wild compared to like starting out on Instagram where, you know, like things are awesome there. And I always love to support the people that's like, you know, <laughs> That's where we get our our, our starts. You know, you got to pay pay respect and tribute to, to our to your beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird because, like, I feel like Instagram, they started pushing towards Reels, which does really well if you can make Reels on there. Their software, so it's not as good, but, um, They, yeah, I feel like the just growth started just trickling off there, and TikTok just you can reach your message and find your real community out there. So yeah, yeah,
0: it's very very organic. So yeah, if there's any creators out there listening, don't don't uh, be afraid to to utilize that as a tool for for reaching reaching your audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have this cool giveaway going on right now. Can you talk about that for a minute with your uh. Your, your, your treasure hunt
1: that you have going on. Oh, yeah. So I was uh, I was up late one night watching National Treasure and watching my Nicholas Cage marathon because I love almost every movie he did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it made me think. I remember reading stories about like Forrest Finn and then Byron Priest on The Secret and artists throughout time have hidden secret meanings and messages throughout their artworks. So I thought, how cool would that be to do Our own. Obviously, I would love to do a million dollar giveaway, but I don't have a million dollars to give away. So um, I just started with 500 bucks based on what we've racked up from the shop and profits, and I'm putting that up in Treasure Hut. So in my Bigfoot piece, I hid a secret code word in there for everyone to kind of find. Um, It's hidden really well in there since it's been on for about a week or two and no one's submitted the right answer, but it's in there. And so Um, if you study the picture and then, um, decoding some clues, you'll find the code word and, uh, you submit it on my website and you win 500 bucks. And hopefully if we sell more, it was going to roll into a whole treasure hunt series where people would, um, get a cool cryptid art piece for their wall. And then also a chance to
0: win some money. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) out there, go, go buy, go buy this print from Max and, uh, try and figure out the... (laughs) Find the clues and, and solve the puzzle.
1: Definitely, <laughs> I want to see a winner out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've actually been planning on picking one up. I've just been so busy, I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned Nicolas Cage. I haven't watched the National Treasure movies in a while, and those are super fun movies. But uh, I remember <laughs> there's uh, like a recent trailer where he's in this new movie, like playing himself, <laughs> and I think it's um, it's. Uh, he, so it's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, the actor, and he's like uh, has to like go help some multi-millionaire or billionaire that's played by Pedro Pascal, uh, uh you know, the Mandalorian at this point. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh geez. This <laughs> is like have you ever watched the like the the Nick Cage freak out compilation video? You can find it on mm-hmm. YouTube. So he's like, you know, well known for all of his like on-screen like big freakouts. <laughs> like <laughs> screaming through the the streets that he's a vampire and oh, the bees from the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. I re- highly re- oh. highly recommend watching it if you're looking for a laugh. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link. <laughs> um so all right. I'm sure there's someone out here that'll, that'll appreciate this question. What's your favorite anime? Because I know you're an Ooh. anime guy.
1: Favorite anime. That's so tough. Like right now, I got really into My Hero Academia. That's been awesome to watch, even Attack on Titan. Uh, but all-time favorite, I would say, is probably Yu Yu Hakusho back into the old 90s style. I just actually just tuned that back on a couple days ago while I'm drawing. So I'll just play you, you back there and watch and
0: save the world. Nice. You know, I've never actually so watched dritty. that show. Is it? Oh uh, man. Yeah. Was it on adult swim back in the day or oh, probably like yeah. tsunami or something? I, I grew up watching dragon ball Z <laughs> like before it was even on cartoon network, like the original ocean dub back in like, I, I would get up at like <laughs> five o'clock in the morning on Saturday to go turn on the the local, like, Canadian, like, TV station that was playing it, and it was, like, super staticky and fuzzy. And then, uh, oh. like, yeah. And then, like, Funimation took over and actually dubbed the rest of the series, which was cool.
1: <laughs> God bless them. I love it when they came in. Anime just, like, grew, like, out of control from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was really kind of, like, a big <laughs> catalyst. Like, I remember in, like, the early 90s, there was, like, a, like Akira was a thing for mm-hmm. for a hot minute, and then, like... uh Oh gosh, what was it? Like vampire hunter something? I can't remember. Helsing? Um I'm not sure if it was Helsing. Um I don't remember exactly, but I remember like, you know, mm-hmm. hearing about anime growing up. I was like, oh man, that <laughs> seems like really intense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Overheated. Um so Yeah, I don't know. It's just like uh, that stuff was like too intense. And then like Dragon Ball came out and I was like, oh, I like this. (laughs) Even though it's like super violent at times. But the the new series, Dragon Ball Super (laughs) isn't isn't so much, but it's uh, still fun. Oh, yeah. I I like I watching
1: some of the Super. It just doesn't bring back the good old memories of the original tournament. The
0: the animation, the animation isn't too hot, but they 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 they, they, up to their game in the last the last like arc. Which is cool.
1: Oh yeah. I <laughs> love seeing everyone just get more and more powerful
0: throughout all of Dragon Ball. <laughs> it's like, when does it end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Um all right, so back to cryptids <laughs> that was a <laughs> weird anime tangent. People are probably like, what the hell? Um what would you say uh, your favorite like cryptozoology book is?
1: Ooh oh, cryptozoology book. I think I got. Um, I actually rented this from the library because I was doing research for the state project. But it was the Encyclopedia of Cryptozoology. That thing is like massive. So it was awesome to dive into there, and then it gave like detailed descriptions, encounters, and all everything in there. So I was able to just like flip through that and just read every cryptid supposedly that's been encountered across the, the whole world. So that was that was awesome. It felt like it was just like an Almost like an encyclopedia of all the cryptid
0: stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's awesome. There's so yeah. many good cryptid books out there. I uh, I always turn to Chasing American Monsters by Jason Offutt Ooh. and um, the the Lauren Coleman book, uh, like Cryptozoology A to Z. And uh, oh gosh, there's a Linda Godfrey book. I think it's called American Monsters. But I don't. I don't have a lot of the uh, like the international stuff. I need to expand my. My library you can kind of like see it in the background there it's surprisingly lacking i recently moved into a, a new like bigger space in my house to <laughs> to do everything uh because I was like, you know, I don't have a lot of room in this corner of, <laughs> of the attic. I need I need more space.
1: <laughs> Same way. I was sitting underneath my basement staircase and we just expanded to the full basement.
0: Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, I've been planning on getting like some kind of workbench table because I've got like my heat press and everything. And I recently ordered like uh, a bunch of... Um, glow prints uh for i've got this shirt design that says like we out here and it has like the Bigfoot with the ufo and mothman not sure if you're familiar with that one but it it's a glow in the dark print um and the vendor i use for it takes like two weeks to make them and people are always like hey where's my shirt where's my shirt and i'm like okay i need to figure out something a little little bit quicker here (laughs) so yeah (laughs) find finding vendors is is tricky Uh, sometimes brutal yeah yeah (laughs) what would you say is your your uh your your most nightmare experience with a vendor (laughs) so far um you know honestly i'm trying to think oh i guess print so
1: we i use printful for a few things and it's actually i just moved away from it just because um i felt like the product quality was going down a little bit and we would do um some print on demand shirts and everything and things were coming out crooked. Um, the prints weren't coming out properly. They looked like they weren't like, I guess, very thick of a vinyl Mm -hmm. uh, transfer. So like it bled through to the shirt. I mean, the customer service was great. Everything got refunded, but it just wasn't good for my customers. So it it reflected poorly on the shop. So that was probably the worst kind of experience it just kind of happened sporadically. But, um, yeah, that's about the worst that we got. We we just started investing into our own equipment, actually, and yeah. we got a a glow forge, so we could do some laser prints. And I wanted to do what you're doing, just take it into my own hands, yeah. not wait for a turnaround. So now we can do all the prototyping here.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, like I wish I had the space to have, like get a screen printing thing going. Um, I have <laughs> I have my eyes on this like uh, direct to film printer, but it's like super duper expensive. <laughs> Oh, might, yeah. might be like a thing like a couple of years down the road, so I can do my all my own like heat transfers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, oh, the Glowforge, I wanted to talk to you about that because you've been doing uh these bookmarks and and yeah. like rings and stuff. Like, how has that been? That's really cool.
1: It's been awesome. Um, it took me a while to get used to the Glowforge because it's um it does like SVG files and does cutting stuff, but it's, it does, it works awesome. If you have like procreate on an iPad, you can sketch out whatever you want to do and then just reload it up to there. So the world, your oyster basically, um, uh, we got, got a bunch of blank wood from them that they ship to you for free. So then you can kind of test it on there. So we're messing around with bookmarks. We're going to start getting into earrings. I actually just started making leather patches. So I'm going to put those on hats too. Um, but basically anything you can think about. I wanted to actually do a 3D print and layer different things of wood on there so it can create um, a 3D version of a force with Bigfoot and Mothman and everybody hiding in there. So it's uh, just weird stuff, whatever my ADHD brain comes up with. That's what we're going with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it, man. You got you got a lot of great ideas. You should. <laughs> I just need more guys. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if If only we had. <laughs> more time during the day. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um can you talk about uh any plans you have going on for the rest of 2022? Are you doing any uh festivals, like vending or traveling to any sites to go see some like cryptid spots? Uh what yeah, do you, what's yeah. on your radar?
1: Definitely. Um right now the first one on the radar, is definitely cryptid bash 2 and uh, West Virginia. So when we drive, I think we're going to drive out there, but it's definitely going to go visit Point Pleasant first to go check out the Mothman statue. Uh, I'm super excited to bend there. So I, I heard great things about it, and I know the Mothboys, Boys—they they put on a great event for everything last year—and see all my good crypto friends again. And right now, that's about it. I have been playing with the idea of doing the Van Meter Visitor Festival too, and I was, that's relatively close.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: that's really about it on the map. The The whole family life kind of keeps me very, um, very occupied with my time. So but <laughs> sure. I'm going to try and get in at least two or three this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Van Meter Fest would be cool to do someday or like the Hodag Festival up in Rhineland. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at like uh, the Whiteville UFO Fest that's happening in June in Virginia. I think it's in Ro- Roanoke, Virginia, if I remember correctly, although I'm not sure if i are still still looking for vendors, but like I'm in Vermont, so <laughs> it takes me forever to get anywhere. I think I when I went to Cryptid Bash last year, um, I did it in one day driving down and I left. Uh, gosh, what time did I leave? Probably like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And I think I got at uh to my airbnb in morgantown it probably around like 10 30 it was like a 12 plus hour drive and i was like oh i'm too yeah. old to do this now oh no <laughs> so when cryptid con happened driving from uh vermont to kentucky like the non non-stop travel time from there like with no bathroom breaks on the road or time to eat was like 15 hours i'm like yeah. I'm going to take two days to go down <laughs> and like might try to look into like flying if I do that again and like shipping my, my stuff. But that scares me a little bit because I don't want my stuff to get like lost in transit. <laughs> Definitely.
1: So, That's So I need to figure out how to do that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you can like do it through like the UPS store or something like that. Huh. But yeah, something, something to look into for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Are there uh beyond like Point Pleasant? Are there other uh other spots out there that you'd love to visit someday that have some cryptid lore and history behind them?
1: Oh yeah, um, definitely. I would. I'd love to go see uh, Loch Ness and just go visit that. I wanted. I would love to go hike um somewhere in the Pacific Northwest and try to find Bigfoot. We did a trip to um, the Smoky Mountains a couple of years ago for our anniversary. And we just started talking to um, locals and everything, and they would share their Bigfoot experiences. We just asked them, like, what's something strange you've seen out in the forest? Like, we're going out there. Should we carry bear mace and stuff? And a few people got really just dope straight into it. And they're like, yeah, there's Bigfoots out there. And so it was just awesome to hear their stories. So I'd love to just go visit around and get different takes on um, all around, especially up in Washington, Oregon.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you ever go to like the Olympic National Forest in in Washington, I mean that place is mm-hmm. it's a rainforest and there's like all these old growth trees like that are covered in like green moss, um not moss uh moss and uh <clears throat> it's just like this really enchanting place. I went out there back in like 2016, um my partner and I went to uh the Sol Duc Hot Springs, which is like this little resort where there's natural hot springs that they like pump into all these like pools and stuff. Um, pretty cool experience. Smells like sulfur, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a, a wild place. Another spot that's really cool is, um, and I, I don't know if I, I hype this up too much on the show or not, but like Arizona, like the Mogi on <laughs> Rim area, like from like Payson mm. up to like Williams and even like the grand Canyon. Like if you ever find yourself out there, it just feels super squatchy just like the the pine forest and stuff and they have the legend Ooh, of like cool. the the mogian monster out there right which is kind of like this bigfoot cousin uh that's maybe a little bit more like human like than than an actual bigfoot but <laughs> yeah it's it's a cool place to visit for sure oh cool i'll keep that in
1: mind uh, yeah we definitely want to go down to Arizona and check out Um, some of the national parks and stuff. So that'd be great to go visit and check those things out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Arizona is a a must, uh, must see for sure.
1: (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yeah, Yeah. my wife and I were just, we're huge hikers. So anytime we can go out to the forest and just go enjoy ourselves,
0: that's where we're going to go. Heck yeah, that's awesome all right well we're almost at the top of the hour here i've got uh oh, wow. i've got a couple of questions for you from the audience uh if you wanna <laughs> check these out uh okay so this first one here is from uh vince v eighty seven i guess it's v i dot n c e v eighty seven and uh he's asking have you ever had a paranormal experience
1: Oh, so I have had a paranormal experience. Um, I saw a ghost when I was younger and I didn't realize that it, it really played into Chinese um, superstitions and folklore and history like that. So I was probably about seven or eight and I was I'm terrified of the dark um, as a kid. So I turn on all the lights going from my first floor up to my parents bathroom. I turn on every light, hallway light, bedroom and they have an elongated bathroom. Okay. Toilet's on the far side. Shower's right here. I left the door open on this side. And they have a walk, Um, they have like a bay window out there. Graphic. I'm sitting on the toilet getting ready for <laughs> taking a shower and stuff. Yeah. I apologize for that. But I decided to look to my left and I look down the hallway and I see a pitch black shadow person basically just walk across the hallway, stop, turn to look at me and then continue out over into the window and disappear freaked out ran downstairs naked <laughs> screaming crying as a little kid but i just saw a shadow person so um, it freaked me out but my mom she was totally fine about it i don't know just a parent knowing it but it turned out she asked me a few questions she knew what week it was in chinese um, traditions that after i think it's like 40 days your loved ones after they pass will come back and visit um, family members and stuff so she asked if the person had a bun and i said yes because um that's just what I thought, but it turned out I didn't think about it, but my grandma, who had passed earlier, had a bun and roughly the same shape, and all those kind of things kind of started clicking together, and mom's like, okay, it's just grandma visiting you, but that was my paranormal experience. It freaked me out. won't we'll ever forget it, but it was very cool and kind of reassuring.
0: Yeah, well, that's a really interesting uh, take on it. Like, yeah, sure, it's like this terrifying experience of something that is like completely unknown. You're like, oh man I just saw a ghost like what's going on but then having like that whole background of understanding in in that culture it's like that's a really cool like frame of reference to have to be like okay that's uh that's one of one of our own that's just saying hey what's up seeing how you're doing that's really cool
1: yeah, I liked it. Um gives you a little bit about afterlife, um, uh, passing on, all those different um things. And you know you hear about the stories until it actually happens. And yeah. it's just super weird. But yeah, it was cool. Uh gave me a lot of closure, opened up a lot of um thought processes and I was good to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow. Thanks for sharing yeah. that, Max. That's uh No problem. That's deep. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, and then we've got one more here. It's uh it's from Cassie's land. And uh oh she she doesn't actually have a question. Uh, she just wanted to say that Max, you're awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, it is just as awesome, yeah. and she just started making her own cryptid art too. So everyone, check her out. I uh, love it. Thanks yeah. for the support.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you can find her on Instagram. Uh, yeah, she does these really cool uh, shoe, like shoes artwork on shoes. Uh, she has this like Fresno Nightcrawler one that says like Dad bought on it, which I want to get sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I've got one more question for you before we, we wrap up the regular show here. Uh, and it's something that I, I typically have been asking most guests that I bring on the show, uh, out of all the high strangeness out in the world, uh, what do, what keeps you up at night the most?
1: probably honestly aliens um i don't know why but uh, like we watched some video and it, it just kind of freaks me out a little bit thinking about them but there's something else out there it's not really explained and then just the technology from a lot of the abductions and encounters and phasing through walls it's like no matter how secure you can make a house you're always susceptible of being abducted somehow. So that, that kind of freaks me out a lot on, the, that's what keeps me up at night. And if I watch the wrong alien documentary, I just don't sleep for a
0: week. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that one. Yeah, that was definitely like <laughs> one of my number one fears as a kid, like after watching like alien abduction shows, I'm like, oh God, the, the aliens are going to get me when I sleep. <laughs>
1: Have you heard of the theory of um, aliens are actually angels?
0: uh i've i've heard the theory that they're demons but maybe not necessarily Ooh. angels uh,
1: so I, I think we were watching um just some paranormal i think it was a fifth encounter or fourth encounter and someone had mentioned that i was like you know that's a weird correlation of all the different like bright white lights people phasing in and out of walls um and abductions and taking them up in a white light i was like oh that's really kind of weird and then the the alien. Took over a body, supposedly, and they were speaking ancient Sumerian that I have no idea if that's true or not, but I was like, <laughs> that would be a weird correlation for all of it
0: right, right, yeah, now, I remember that movie um I was actually just talking about that recently <laughs> uh, the <laughs> uh, encounters of the fourth kind, and uh yeah, that scene was was freaky when oh yeah, it's like okay, so that <laughs> Like, sure, a fictional movie, but it's also kind of playing at the, the idea that this phenomenon has been here for as long as like humanity has been around. And it's like potentially influenced or manipulated humanity in, in some way or another. <laughs> mm, <yep. laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, man. Um. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, can you tell my audience where they can find you on the yeah. Internet? Um...
1: Definitely. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, sometimes Twitter. I'm just starting to post on there and uh, Facebook, all of it's at Maximus Prime Art, all one word. And you can find me on those social medias.
0: Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely check out Max's artwork and support his business. He does amazing work. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And after the break for my patron members, we're going to step on into Strangeology Beyond and talk about some fun and interesting Fordian topics uh, surrounding Missing 411, I believe. (laughs) So definitely stick with us after the break. And thanks again, Max. We'll see you all next time. All right. Thanks again, Max. That was a great chat. And for everyone listening out there, definitely give him a follow on his social media accounts over on Instagram and TikTok and show him some love and support and pick up some awesome art from him. And uh, don't forget about his giveaway. That's a real, real big one. You probably don't want to miss. And hopefully somebody out there figures out what the clues are. (laughs) I'll link to all of that in the show notes. And as I always do in wrapping up an episode, I've got to give a big thanks to everyone out there who listens to the Strangeology podcast and to all who follow me wherever you find me online. (laughs) Thank you for listening and for sharing the show. It helps me out a lot and gets things to boost higher and higher into whatever Internet algorithms are, are out there. We're quickly approaching 20,000 downloads, which is huge. And man, it's been forever since I checked out where people are listening out there. But the show now has listeners in 67 different countries around the world. Talk about wild. I I really couldn't imagine when I started this show, this whole thing, uh, having it reach so far and wide. It's really an amazing thing. So thank you again for all of your continued support if you have a minute i would love it if you could leave me a review over on apple podcasts it helps me out a lot and gets my show out there to more people to listen to and if you want to send me a story you can again call my hotline or you can shoot me an email at strangeologist at gmail.com or if you have suggestions for the show You can hit up my website, Strangeology.com, and head on over to the contact page, or just hit me up on social media as well. My DMs are always open. And for an easy way to support the Strangeology podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Strangeology. I offer a wide variety of benefits and perks for members starting at less than a cup of coffee per month. Some of these benefits include a permanent discount to my Etsy shop, VIP Discord access, early access to content and members-only Strangeology Beyond bonus extensions, exclusive members-only merch, shoutouts, and more. And speaking of shoutouts, these following patrons help keep the lights on here at Strangeology. Shout out to Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Mystic Novelty Company, Appalachian Huntsman, MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird, Sean Colon, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Marine Asmat, Prepared Wolf, Gail Frederick, Adam Flynn, Connor Boyle, Ryan Holiday, Cassie Maratsen, and Lucha ford Angie Fitz, MG, and Adam Jenks. So again, if you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I very much appreciate it. And you can also support the show by picking up some of my cryptid and 40 UFO themed merch over on my Etsy shop at strangeology.etsy.com. And don't forget to follow me on all of my socials for more content from me. And that's about it for today's show, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Max Lim. And for members, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, Max and I are going to be discussing the strangeness surrounding the missing 411 phenomenon, theories about it, and we even get into some stuff about flying humanoids. So stick with us. And for everyone else, take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time... Keep it strange. (laughs) Welcome back everybody thanks for sticking around for strangeology beyond the exclusive segment for all of you patrons out there so thanks again max for, for coming on tonight that was an awesome conversation i loved hearing about all of